Today is May 25th, 2022, and I'm recording this podcast as a response to the school shooting that happened yesterday in Texas. In Titus, Paul wrote to Titus and told him in verses 15 and 16, All is pure to those who are pure, but to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They may profess to know God, but with their deeds they deny Him. Since they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good deed. Jesus taught that the good person brings forth good things out of the good treasury of his heart, and that an evil person will bring forth evil things out of the evil treasury of his heart. Jeremiah taught that the human heart was more deceitful than anything. He said it was incurably bad, and who could understand it? Today I awoke thinking about the shooting that took place yesterday in Texas. My heart and prayers go out to the families that were affected by this horrible act. The pain and the suffering caused by this is going to last for quite some time. I seek the Lord on behalf of all of these families that would He would bring healing and comfort to the wounds that have been inflicted here. It's in times like this that we want to make sense of such acts. We look to our leaders to enact laws or plans to ensure something like this never happens again, and yet year after year we see this sort of senseless crime committed. Never against those who one would be tempted to perhaps say were deserving of such violence because maybe their behavior or poor life choices put them in such a place. No, the victims of these sorts of crimes are always the most innocent of us the most helpless and the least defended. Now, please don't misunderstand me. No one deserves this sort of crime to be inflicted upon them. But the children that lost their lives this week were innocent in the sight of God and certainly not deserving of this. And while there are some practical, tactical measures that can be taken to stop making our kids soft targets for evil. There are deeper issues at play here that will get overlooked. There are some that would be tempted to blame God for this crime, asking themselves, why would God allow such a thing? And yet these are the same folks that would also complain that God is unfair to hold them accountable for their actions and they want desperately to live life on their own terms and by their own rules and relative truths. Then there are those who will blame this on the devil. And while I think it can be shown that intelligent evil has been at work here, the work that the forces of chaos have been doing that has led up to the sort of society where this occurs, has been decades long in the making. The news articles on the shooter, Ramos, claim that his father was not a part of his life. In fact, studies show that overwhelmingly, those involved in such violent acts come from fatherless homes. Blaming never solves anything. 
although you can be sure there will be a boatload of blame to go around for this event, which, by the way, will not bring healing to those who need it the most right now. Ownership, though. Taking responsibility for our part in helping to create such a society is needed, I believe. The father that abandoned this young man needs to take ownership of his part in this. The mother, who was also not present, needs to bear some responsibility. A government and a legal system that has been working for decades to minimize the rights of fathers and degrade the role of the father in the home, creating a system that rewards the destruction of the nuclear family, bears some responsibility. But more than all of these, the church bears responsibility. There will be a thousand churches this week that will proclaim solidarity with the victims and hold prayer vigils for them. It is, however, unlikely that any of them repent this week for being a part of the problem. In a day when less than 30% of most church members are men, where men have been marginalized within the walls of the church, where the discipleship of men has taken a backseat to building programs, youth programs, child care programs, etc., are we to be shocked when men aren't showing up as husbands, fathers, servant leaders, and forces of good in our communities? Now, I'm not saying that youth programs and child care programs are bad. I am suggesting that these programs would be strengthened and become a great deal more effective if we had godly men that were engaged. When we make the church a place where a man doesn't feel like a man when he walks into the place with pink pews and feminine decor, and half of the worship songs sound like mushy love songs to Jesus, their boyfriend, instead of songs that teach great theology, inspire loyalty to Jesus, and express joy and thanksgiving in a way that a man can relate to, are we shocked that men don't want to be a part of this place? I mean, imagine in your mind's eye the typical church dude and ask yourself, does that image inspire you? Evil people will always do evil things. But the antidote isn't more laws and restrictions because haven't we learned anything? You can't legislate good behavior. The antidote is raising up godly men that will re-engage in their marriages, their families, their communities of faith, and their hometowns. We, the church, played party to this horrible event because we have gotten off mission of making men disciples. If that offends you, then we're off to a good start here because we need to be offended at our sin and our part as a church in helping create a society where good godly men are absent from their kids' lives and from our communities. We need to be offended at our sin of failing to teach men how to truly follow Jesus. We need to be offended in creating an environment where men can't have moral failures and find support and healing instead of condemnation and judgment. 
We need to feel sorrowful and repent over allowing men to fall by the waysides for decades, and no one in the church owns the responsibility for restoration and reconciliation. We need to be deeply sorrowful for creating an environment where church leaders can hide their sins and have them overlooked for the fear of scandal and the loss of reputation. We need to repent of lowering the standards to the point that the church looks just like the world in a whole lot of aspects. We can't bring the children back that have been lost in such a horrible event. But we can start owning our part of the problem and get intentional about returning to our first love and the mission He has given us. I am so sorry for those of you that may be listening who have lost a child or a loved one in such an event. And I pray, please forgive us for losing our way and failing men, women, and children in the process. Lord Jesus, please forgive us of this sin and bring us corporately to a place of true repentance. Then revive us again by your Spirit and empower us with the will to not just evangelize men, but disciple them. Comfort those who are in the greatest need right now and show once again your unfailing and unmatched mercy to all of us. And Lord, would you bring a great move of your Holy Spirit upon your people. In the name of Jesus and for his glory and honor, we ask this. Amen.